What is up, Pistons fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Three Rings Podcast. My name is Neil Sinha, joined with Vinayak Sarup and Aiden Mulcrone. And we are back as we're getting ready for this NBA season to get started. We've had a little bit of difficulties in getting some episodes out, but um, we'll be back for this season, uh, hopefully uploading weekly on Mondays. So be on the lookout for that. And so today, guys, we're just going over the preseason games that the Pistons have had. They played the New York Knicks, lost 117 to 96 in a very ugly game last Tuesday, and then played the New Orleans Pelicans on Friday and also lost that game 107 to 101. And so I guess to start it off, looking at the preseason opener against the Knicks, let's start on a positive note with how bad that game was. We got to put the positives out there. Who was the best? player for the Pistons in that game I got I got kind of a surprise we're gonna we're probably gonna talk about the player I think most fans would say but I think uh Boyan Bogdanovich I think he's like he's gonna be a keeper for the Pistons man like I'm really glad that the Pistons got him on the team like losing Jeremy Grant actually like it kind of sucks right because they don't have like that that again veteran presence but like can also score I think Bogdanovich is going to save this team a lot more than I think fans realize like his ability to just just pull up from like he just hits him he hit a couple threes that was just like man like the Pistons haven't had a shooter like this in a while he averaged like 17 in Utah he made some good passes as well I just like he even showed in the New York game like I just think he's just going to bring such a big stability to the team so yeah I think he was a player I was impressed with like I I kind of knew what he was going to do, but that game against the Knicks, I think, kind of cemented that, yeah, you know, everyone's young right now, but at least Bogdanovich is going to be someone who's consistent. So that was my kind of big uh, big player, I guess, takeaway from the game. He's got that quick release too, bro. He, yeah, uh, I don't know how many times in that game that, like, they threw him a pass to the corner or something, yeah. and he will release that within, like, a millisecond. Like, it's crazy how fast it is, but he it looks good, though. Yeah, he doesn't even really bring the ball down. Like, it's like, yeah, it's it's – Hell efficient. I'm, I'm like really, I was really impressed by it. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Aiden? Yeah. I think I'm going to go with Jaden Ivey. I think that's what a lot of people would say, too. You know, or another rookie that for me personally, I, you know, I had my doubts here and there about him um, for multiple different reasons, but he played well. He shot six for nine from the field. He made, he's made every single free throw from last game against the Pelicans and against the Knicks so far. And that was kind of something people thought he was not going to be great at, but he's shown that he's improved his jump shot and he's been physical um, both of the games that he's played. And I just think, you know, I mean, for anyone, it's hard to just kind of jump into a starting role preseason or not. And he did it and he showed out the first game and yeah, no, yeah, I think that's that's one a lot of people would probably say, especially because, like you said, looking that good for a rookie in his first preseason game. Also in the garden, too. There's a lot of pressures with that. So Ivy definitely, you know, played a very good game. Just simple as that. I'll go with another guy I think a lot of people would probably pick, and that's Killian Hayes. I thought that he had a fantastic game. I thought we saw something from him that we really haven't seen that often I, I was going to say ever in his whole career but we've seen it a couple times but the aggressiveness man the aggressiveness and the confidence of Killian Hayes in that preseason opener was fantastic he had 13 shots 
You don't see Killian do that a lot. Last year, I mean, I think on average in his career, he attempts about seven field goals per game. And he had 13 in that preseason opener, as he should, because, listen, man, you're in your third year of, the, of your career. You know, you were the seventh overall pick in 2020. He's got to start putting it together and, you know, just start being more confident in his own abilities. And so to at least be aggressive with the 13 shots, I think that's a big positive. And, you know, finishes the game with 11 points, five assists. He also hit a three. The jumper looks different. I wrote an article about that on the All Pistons website. And I think that you can just see it seems like something's a little bit different with him. And we'll talk about the Pelicans game in a, in a minute. But that was a big positive for Detroit in a game that you couldn't really draw too many of. And speaking of that, what in the world went wrong? If there is one, you know, thing that you can point out specifically with that game against the Knicks, what happened that they ended up losing that game by 21 points? And it wasn't close, by the way, ever. Yeah, no, the game was uh, – it was kind of over by the second quarter. So the Pistons, actually, they were – I believe it was like 27 to 27, and then the Knicks won a 13-0 run, and then the game was over. I think, honestly, laziness – I don't want to say laziness, but some of those turnovers – like, I mean, turnovers obviously kill them, but some of those passes, man, like – and I, everyone was victim to it. You know, um, Isaiah Livers threw some, Corey Joseph threw on Kate Cunningham. Like, there were just some lazy, really lazy passes across the court. And, you know, shout out to Quinn. No, shout out to Miles McBride. Miles McBride had, like, six steals. But, like, I swear, like, four or five of them, like, I feel like anyone could have stolen those balls. Like, it seems like for the Pistons, it's just – it's also playing your first NBA game. So, I under, first NBA game of the season. So, I understand, that, you know, it's going to be kind of rusty. But, man, the turnovers were really – they were really hard to watch. The Knicks got so many fast break points in it. I mean, you can't shoot your – you can't do that in the in an NBA game. So, I mean, if they need to get their rust out in the preseason, that's fine. But in the regular season, they can't expect to uh, make plays. And that goes for everyone on the team. I think everyone could stand to improve, except Jaden Ivey. Some fun fact, Jaden Ivey had zero turnovers in the game, which is kind of crazy. But, you know, everyone else, though, so – yeah, I mean, you talk about the turnovers, but also the Knicks really shot well. I mean, they had more shots because of the turnovers, but that said, they still shot 51% um, from the field. And then, yeah, they shot 38% uh, from three as opposed to the Pistons 31. So I think that's another difference. And, yeah, I mean, the, the Pistons had more rebounds. They had uh, – more offensive boards, everything like that. But, yeah, the Knicks moved the ball well. I mean, yeah, sh again, shout out Miles McBride. But, yeah. Yeah, I I definitely think the turnovers is probably one of the biggest issues. You know, we were tweeting that out that it just – it looked awful, man, to be honest. You can't have 22 turnovers in an NBA game. That simply cannot happen. And, you know, to point out the – yeah, Vinay, you talked about the fast break points. New York had 31 fast break points in that game. That is a lot. You know, usually you can expect maybe, I don't know, 16, 18 maybe in an NBA game. They had 31. And so that can't happen. And a lot of that, I, I would agree that it goes around everybody, but Cade Cunningham looked awful in that game. I'm just going to say that right now. He looked awful. Four turnovers. He, I think he had, what, seven points in that game. Like, it just, it wasn't a good good opener for Cade. And so, you know, we've talked all off season. One of the biggest talking points with this team and with Cade in general has been the turnovers and the inefficiencies. 
that last year, and I think to be fair, it's expected for a young guard with such a high usage rate like him. He averaged 3.7 turnovers. That can't continue to happen, especially if he wants to develop into that all-star guard that we all think he can be. He's got to cut those down, and he didn't do that against New York. He didn't really do too great against the, the Pelicans either in terms of that. And so Pistons got to figure that out. Another thing I'll say, the defense looked awful. Their, their switching and their perimeter defense was not good in that game. And I know New York did hit a lot of threes that, you know, usually maybe probably don't go down, but they simply were not getting out to guard the shooters at all. And off the pick and rolls, off the switches, they weren't getting out there. And so they're going to have to figure that out. And we can talk about what happened in the Pelicans game too, because they looked a little bit different um, in that aspect. But yeah, it was a rough game. But like you said, though, Jaden Ivey, he did look good, had a very good opener. And so let me ask this, is he, it's, it's only been two preseason games, way too early, but is he living up to the extremely high expectations that everybody is seeming to give him? And the Pelicans game, he didn't look as good. Listen. What do you guys think? Listen, 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 listen. 2015, the Pistons drafted Stanley Johnson. He had a preseason debut against the Pacers and he dropped 25 points. Now, if you were a fan like me, I would have believed that Stanley Johnson is going to be an all-star. He is barely hanging on in the league right now. So I'm not going to, over, <laughs> I'm not going to overreact to a, to a preseason, but um, he's looked impressive. Like I won't lie. Like he's, he's got his athleticism on. That was my main thing. If he could just play under control because in summer league, it was just all over the place, but he looks, he looks pretty solid. Like I think there's some things that are going to work. For example, like his, his footwork, especially when he's in transition, I think it's like, I think he's going to get by anyone. I think he can cut pretty well. I'm not as sold on the shot, to be honest. It, it's still kind of iffy for me, but um, he looks he looks good. Like, he looks like a work of progress, though. I, I And I think he's probably earned the starting position. I think that's pretty safe to say, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Alec Burke still comes in just for like the shooting perspective. But Ivy's been great. It's not like he's played terrible. So, you know, that's that's always a plus for me. Bro, I love I love the background on that story with Stanley Johnson there tonight. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a good point. It's a it's a kind of a dumb question, to be honest. It's one that we've been seeing on social media. That's why we wanted to ask it. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's early. Aiden, let me ask you this. Do you think, like Vinay, that he's starter from day one? in the actual regular season. Maybe, I guess, Alec Burks won't be ready by day one from what it sounds like. But once, let's say, once Alec Burke gets, Burks gets healthy, is it Ivy over him at the two? I think for the time being, yeah. Obviously, you know, against New Orleans, he didn't have as good of an offensive game um, in scoring, at least. He, he did a, had a few good passes for assists. But, I, yeah, I think right now he's a starter over Alec Burks. I think they want to keep the team young. And, I mean, it's the NBA, so Burks is going to have to earn his way back to that starting position. But I do want to go off that. You know, you did talk about Stanley Johnson a little and then the, the 16 points with Ivy. I do want to say, you know, I'm kind of having that same thought process about Killian Hayes right now, about, like, yeah, he played really well against the Knicks, but am I still buying into that? Like, it's year, what, four now or year three of Killian Hayes? So I don't know if I have, if 
I have enough energy to buy that hype again. And I'll, I'll say this too. It's not – the thing he did well is he shot the ball. He shot the ball more. It's not like he made more – I think he shot like five for 13. So it's, no, it's not like it was a good, his best game, but it kind of goes to show like our, our expectations are so low for – like if he just shoots it more. And he's not – he's still playing with his left hand. Like I don't think the right hand we're going to see it until – he's like 30 years old or something, just whatever. Right. But, um, but yeah, like Aiden said, you can't, you can't really tell too much from preseason, but it is something, it is something. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at as well. I do want to say something about the other rookie though, Jalen Duran. I do want to say that he has been a monster on the boards. And I think that's something we should look into like more and something we can expect like throughout the whole season is that when he comes in, for either Bagley or Stewart or whoever's playing the five that, you know, he might not be like the top scorer. Like he's not going to go out and get you like 18 every night, but he's going to grab double digit boards constantly. And that's something we should look at because against the Knicks, like I think the, the Knicks have a pretty good front court with Randall and Mitchell Robinson amongst other guys. So I think that's pretty good competition for the first game. And then second game, Pelicans, same thing, like Zion, Jackson Hayes, Valanchunas. Like, I think the Pistons, like, the schedule, obviously they don't choose it, but I think they scheduled pretty good preseason games where, like, that's similar level of competition, you know, teams that they're not going to make the playoffs, but, you know, Pelicans are a young core. You know, Ivy going up against guys like, you know, Dyson Daniels is good for him and good for, you know, his development and his growth, like, early in his career and like having those guys I think you know I I think the feelings mutual between the Pelicans as well and like the Knicks too yeah I agree I think like the biggest takeaway that people should have from these first few games or these preseason games is that let's not overreact you know and obviously we're doing a a podcast episode we got it so we got to talk about all these storylines and so on but like as fans, let's not overreact about everything that happens. Like people saying, oh, Cade's a bum after these first two games. Let's chill out a little bit. People saying that Ivy's a dog after these first two games. Let's also chill out. So, you know, it's it's two games and it's preseason games. So things are going to change once we get into the actual regular season. It's also important to note, you know, a lot of these players are on minute restrictions right now. Like the starters don't play more than 22, 23 minutes. And so that also affects their game because when you're in for longer stints at the beginning of the game, like they will be, for example, Cade Cunningham will probably play the whole first quarter throughout the regular season. It's so much easier to get into a rhythm and to get your momentum going earlier in a game when you play that long, rather than getting subbed out at the the four five, six minute mark. And so let's just understand, you know, these are different conditions that these guys are under it's not going to dictate everything that's going on in the season. And so with Ivy, I fully agree with you guys. You know, he looked great in the Knicks game. I agree that I don't think his shot, I still have my concerns about it. I do. And I know a lot of fans are probably going to be like, why? You know, he's, he's shooting relatively well. His free throw percentage is better than it was in college. But there's issues with the mechanics of it that I'm not sure will work out in the long term. And we'll see. I hope it does. You know, obviously being a Pistons fan, I hope it does. But let's let's not say that that's completely figured out right now. And so in terms of 
other guys on the team, I guess, you know, with certain forms. We already talked about one of them, Bojan Bogdanovich. The Pistons, of course, traded for Bogdanovich just, what, two and a half weeks ago now from the Utah Jazz. And if you were following along on our All Pistons website, you would see some of the coverage that we had for that trade. And so, you know, we, I think all three of us thought that that was a great trade. And, you know, having seen these first two games, what what do you think about Bogdanovich long-term? I'll ask, I'll ask this for Aiden, since I know, Vinay, you kind of already talked about Bogdanovich. But, yeah, what do you see for, for Bojan long-term with this team? I don't know about long-term, but I think just for the now, like for this season, I think he's a better fit than Jeremy Grant just because he can play that three spot a little bit better and be he's more of a three and D guy and at like a wing position rather than kind of like a forward-ish position, if you will, than Grant. So I think in, in that, like in that in those terms, I think that's better for the team. And then that also gives up some space for, you know, Bagley. You know, we talked a lot, we talked a lot about like in the off season about Isaiah Stewart, you know, going to the four, you know, how that's going to work out. So I think, I think he opens a lot of doors for them. And, you know, we talked a lot about veteran presence too. You know, that's another thing. And and yeah, it's going to work out. I think what I'm more interested in is like Kemba Walker, because I thought immediately after that trade, he was gone. Like I thought he was going to, get his contract bought out, whatever. But, you know, he played against the Pelicans, which I was surprised. So, I mean, I, I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. Like, is he still going to get bought out or what's what's the deal with Kemba as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I was really confused about that. I'm not going to lie because I saw a report that they tried buying him out. Um, and Kemba didn't agree to it or something. Yeah. Um, and so I can yeah, chime in on this. Uh, yeah, no, get more details. When I yeah, yeah. So basically the rundown is that when a, when a buyout occurs, both sides have to kind of agree. Both sides have to agree to us to like a per certain amount of percentage, which I think you can, uh, you know, a certain amount of percentage you want to give up. And usually it's done under the consideration that the player who's getting the buyout has like options for him. From, from the reading between the lines, it seems like Kemba Walker doesn't have a market. Like, no one really wants Walker. And then, additionally, on the fact that I think he can keep – he can have more money if he just doesn't do anything right now and I think just gets cut or gets waived or something. I, I think that's – and I think that's the plan of the Pistons. Probably just keep him around until, like, the very final deadline just to waive him. I don't know. I Sorry to interrupt you, but, yeah, that's kind of what I've, what I've seen. No, you're good. I mean, that makes sense because I know a lot of Pistons fans were confused about, you know, what's going on and why that is. Um, he, he didn't play, by the way, in the Pelicans game. I think that I think Aiden, you were thinking of someone else. But um, yeah, I don't it, it's weird, man. It's a weird situation. And but I think, frankly, for the Pistons, it doesn't really affect them, really, because, you know, if he's not with the team, he's not with the team. If he is, then OK, that's it's a one-year contract on the books anyways. So it is what it is, but it is a weird situation, no doubt about it. And so um, speaking of, I guess, um, the 
what we were originally talking about, Boyan Bogdanovich, my bad. Um, I, I just want to comment real quick. For a lot of people who don't maybe understand why the Pistons made that trade, it's not just for the player itself and the short-term, or the excuse me, the long-term and short-term um, rewards from him. But Boyan Bogdanovich, I have a feeling, might get traded at the trade deadline. He's on an expiring contract. And so this could make a lot of sense for Detroit. And that, first of all, like Aiden said, he fits with the team. But also, if this Pistons team isn't very good, like I think all three of us kind of think they won't be or they will be, um, that's a player that you probably ship at the deadline. And I'm telling you, I think they could actually get a solid um, solid value back in return. I'm not going to say a first-round pick for a guy who's on an expiring deal, but they could get solid value for that. And so I thought, you know, that was a good trade. Vinayak, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add on it. Yeah, I mean, you guys covered it all. Um, also, Saban Lee was just waived by the Utah Jazz, so, you know, hopefully his career, I think his, we'll see how his professional career pans out. But if you're just trading Kelly O for Bojan Bogdanovic, essentially, I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, it's a win win for the Pistons for sure. Yeah, agreed. And, yeah, that Saban Lee, you know, had some solid moments for the Pistons, but that is for the crazy people out there that were trying to convince me that Saban Lee is better than, um some of the other players the Pistons have drafted that's all I'm going to say on that topic so (laughs) but anyways moving on the Pistons had a second preseason game against the New Orleans Pelicans they lost by six points to New Orleans they were down by quite a bit came back made it a game at the end but weren't able to pull through I guess you know what were your thoughts first of all what were your general thoughts on this game we can talk about the specifics in a second yeah, I mean, I thought I thought the Pistons, they I thought they competed. They competed with the Pelicans. They actually I read that they uh, well, I mean, I mean, I saw this, too. Like they they played their starters pretty late into the game. Like I, it felt like they were actually genuinely I think they had like three of their starters in in the fourth quarter or something. And that's pretty that's not that common in a preseason game. So they were really trying to win. it. It's kind of unfortunate that they didn't. But there were there were things to like all around. Um, we're going to get in. We can get into specifics, but. One thing for me was Isaiah Stewart's uh, three-point shot. I think it's it's kind of coming. It's kind of coming around. I've been like the only way that he keeps his spot in the starting lineup is if the three-point shot works for him. And he knocked down. I think he knocked down a couple against the the Pelicans, and that's just great to see. Like they they experimented with the Stewart Bagley lineup, which yeah we'll we'll get into. But if Stewart wants to remain in the starting lineup, which I think for now it looks to be the case like seeing that shot going is is big time it's big time it opens up the floor so much more now we're gonna get out rebounded like crazy and i think this is where i'm like kind of i don't know if Stewart like Stewart can make sense on the team as if he can prove he's a legitimate shooter and like perhaps play the four but um if he can do that then perhaps there's an argument you can make where you can put duran or bagley at the five but uh yeah, I mean, Stewart shooting, that's going to get him money. That's going to get him a lot more well-known around the league. So that's something that I took away. I was like, okay, man, maybe we saw it in summer league, and now we've kind of seen it in the, in the preseason game. I'm kind of excited to see what Stewart kind of shows this season. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of surprised by, like, the you know, we talked about the, like, minute restrictions. I was surprised how many of the starters and like kind of key guys played all the way into the the third and fourth quarter. But I mean, 
I think another thing was like Cade Cunningham again, like kind of a little bit of a struggle, like getting off the ground. But we saw this, like we saw this last season at the beginning, you know, after he came off the injury, he was really flat, like the first two or three games. I think he scored like two points in the first three games, something like that. Um, but yeah, I think I think he's just gonna he just needs a lift off. Um, coming from the off season, he got a little bit bigger. Um, I mean, we talked about this in like some of our off season podcasts about some of these guys' development, like through different you know leagues and over the summer and everything like that. So yeah, um. Yeah, the Isaiah Stewart thing's interesting um, with Bagley. I wonder if, you know, if Stewart, like, develops that three better, if they move him to the four, then Duran starts at the five. I wonder how they do that. And, uh, yeah, that I don't know. They, they competed until the end. That's kind of all I got to say. It definitely felt like watching the Lions or something. Hey, we don't need to talk about the lines right now, dude. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, no, I, I agree with everything that you guys said. I think the thing, and this kind of goes back to the Boyan trade with Isaiah Stewart, is that it seemed like they were molding him into be that stretch four throughout the whole summer, you know, and it seemed perfect at the perfect time of they're going to put Beef Stew at the four and maybe Bagley gets a start at the five or Jalen Dern, which I think would make a lot of sense. But then they trade for Bojan Bogdanovic, and that's just not a guy that you can really keep on the bench, in my opinion. He is a starter in this league. I think that's quite clear. And it looked like that in the first um, preseason game against the Knicks and actually kind of in the second game, too, against Pelicans. And so, you know, I think it kind of slows the progression of beef stew a little bit because I think maybe he shifts back to being more of a traditional five. But, yes, in this game, you know, he got the start. He was shooting a lot more because he got the start with Bagley. I think the only thing I'll add with that is that I think maybe that was because of Zion. And I, I wrote about this too the other day, which is that in that matchup, and this is going to happen throughout the season, by the way, there are some matchups that Bojan Bogdanovic simply cannot start at the four at. And this is one of them. He's Bojan Bogdanovic gives up 60 plus pounds to Zion Williamson. He's not going to be able to guard him. And so this, I think that was a situation of Dwayne Casey saying, you know what, we're going to put, um, you know, guys that can actually match up with this Pelicans team. By the way, a solid Pelicans team. Let's give them credit, too. But I think that was maybe the reason why they did the Bagley beef stew start. Let me ask you guys this, though, with that lineup. Do you like it or would you maybe rather see beef stew start at the four, like legitimately start at the four and then see Jalen Duran at the five? I think with what they have right now, I think I would I would like to. So Bagley's kind of like he's he's okay. He's great like for offense, sure, but on defense, it's just he just doesn't have it, man. Like it's 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 unfortunate. Like I think he'll be good as a backup, but I think there's like he's kind of a liability on the defensive end, and you kind of need someone that can rebound well. And like Aiden was alluding to Duran, Duran kind of fits everything you want in like if in a five who's not gonna shoot the three ball well like he does every he rebounds well or I mean he can he didn't do it well in summer league but he's shown that he can at least in the preseason and you know he finishes around the rim blocks shots like I think that's like so I would like to see Stewart and Duran but I'm not opposed also like let's just say for some reason 
let's just say like the shot doesn't work out for Stewart and he just can't play four and he can only play five. I think the Pistons will try to try to work Stewart at the five, but long run down 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 the road, I could definitely see Stewart getting perhaps moved to the bench or them bringing in Dern because man, you're giving up a lot of size having someone who's six eight be like or six eight six nine be your center. And like I'm all for the small ball and like it's great at periods of time. And I do think Isaiah Stewart, if the, when the Pistons start making the playoffs, he's gonna be a player that like the Pistons will desperately need. But like in terms of just like if I think it's situational, like if he's playing against like you know Joel and be like really good centers, like nah. Like I think eventually you just hope to see Duran take that five role and hope Stewart can mold into the four. And if he can't, then at the at the worst case, you have like a high energy center five that can sort of shoot and provide energy and provide the heart to Detroit. That's the worst case scenario. So that's kind of how I see it at the moment right now. The heart of Detroit. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're giving up a lot with Bagley being on the floor defensively and you kind of want to make that up with, you know, a bigger guy inside and that would be Duran. but I wonder, yeah, I wonder if they go to a, a Stewart, during lineup because yeah there's like the size is there but you're giving up a lot of speed in transition and just like both ways offensively and defensively like once you get your defense set then you're you're fine but but yeah in transition that that'd be a little bit of a struggle because Stewart is usually like one of the last guys down the court so I think that's something to look into. Maybe a Bagley Duran lineup would be interesting, something they might look at. But yeah, I think Stewart long term is a backup center. And I, I think I've said this for a while. And it's just it's size. It it like it doesn't I hate to have it like come down to that, but that's just what it is. Like he's just too small to be a starting center in the NBA for a playoff team. Like if you're rebuilding, sure. But if you're you're trying to get in a playoffs or a playing game within the next year or two, he's not your starting center. So that's kind of where I'm at. And I, I think that's the reason why they drafted Duran in the first place. Yeah, I I kind of asked it partially because I have a certain opinion on it, which is that I just I don't understand really the fit and you can kind of see it in the game of Bagley and Isaiah Stewart I'm not sure if that makes a lot of sense because like we said athletically speaking or not not even necessarily athletically speaking but do those two complement each other that well in the front court I don't really think so because you got one guy who is undersized and Isaiah Stewart who you know constant motor and everything but he plays solid defense, but he's just undersized. And then you have Bagley, who has the size, but doesn't play defense at all. And then offensively, he can't shoot the ball, really. And in the paint and in the interior, he's solid, especially as a lob threat. But then it's kind of like, I'm not really sure how we're complementing the two. And so I just, I don't know. I'm not sure that that really makes sense right now. That's why I'd kind of low-key rather have Jalen Duran starting at the five with Isaiah Stewart at the four in those situations. Again, Bojan Bogdanovic should be the starter day in and, and day out, but there's going to be some matchups that he'll have to come off for. And that's when I think Dwayne Casey probably wants to go with Isaiah Stewart at the four, Jalen Duran at the five. 
And, you know, we'll see. It's very early for Duran to get a lot of those minutes. He's a rookie. I understand all of that. And so I'm not saying right away that that's got to happen, but it's either that or Marvin Bagley has to really start to figure out the defensive technique or maybe just even general give more um, effort on defense. Um, I don't know, but the Pistons are in a tough position there. And I guess the good news is that they have a lot of guys and a lot of options this year that they didn't really have two years ago or three years ago when it was the John Henson, Sekou Dumboya days. So um, we're, we're, we're moving up guys, you know, we're trending in the right direction, I guess we can say. And so I guess moving off of the Pistons content, we'll finish off today's episode talking about, you know, we had to talk about it. Everybody knows I'm going to talk about, which is Jordan Poole and Draymond Green. What in the world happened out there? And I want to know your guys' opinion. So first of all, Draymond has to be in the wrong here, right? I know we have an MSU guy on the pot. I, I think so. This is coming from a U of M guy, but I think he's, I, I think, uh, I, so I feel like this actually happens a lot in locker rooms. Like there's like fights and stuff and people call each other out. And perhaps there's pushing and it just doesn't get reported. But I feel like this one was just kind of just like, like the initial report came. I think he just crossed the line. And then he had the, I think crossed the line. I think Draymond's case was chilling. Like he, like it's like whatever. It's a confrontation. It's not too bad. It's like it's like Ime Udoka. You know, you don't know what's happening until you get the full detail. Bro, how, I'm sorry. How did I know you had to relate this <laughs> Ime Udoka somehow? You know, you don't know it until you get to like the. Full Man, he's gonna relate it to Stanley Johnson. Stanley somehow. Johnson, Stanley yeah. Johnson, you know, or or somehow Rodney Stuckey. <laughs> Rodney Stuckey getting off, but. No, once you get like the full video and you see what happened, a shout out to TMZ for getting the video. I don't know how they managed to get that footage. That's kind of honestly some privacy concerns there. But um, I mean, that was yeah, that was just out of line. Like you put, you can push pull, call him a bit, call him whatever you want to call him. But like, bro, like Brody, like he packed some heat into that punch. Like, could have seriously injured him. And it seemed like this has been building up in Draymond for like a long time. And he didn't want to bring pool on the podcast, obviously, or something. There's something like messed up, but <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of my take. Like, I think Draymond Draymond's in the wrong here. I'm sure Emney apologized for it. He said he's not with the team, but uh, yeah, I mean, is it going to be awkward between him and Pool? I would think so. I don't, I, I don't know. It's it's for Aiden though. It probably could give a more neutral take on it, considering he's an MSU guy. But um, yeah, I think Pool's in the or Green's in the wrong here. Yeah, I mean, I think Draymond went on his podcast or something. He said something publicly to the effect of, I know I was out of line. And, like, he did apologize, but he said he said something to the effect of, like, he had it coming sooner or later from someone that wasn't him. So I think, I think that's something that I guess could be looked into a little deeper, maybe – Pool is cocky because he's getting uh, his contracts coming up and he's about to get paid a lot of money for how well he played in the playoffs last year, just throughout the course of last year. Um, I don't know if it's the Warriors, though. I mean, if they're going to have to choose between Draymond and Pool, I'd probably put my money on Draymond that they'd rather really? keep him. Yeah. What? I I I, I kind of believe I you have to believe it because because Draymond has been there for so long he's won four he's won what four rings I just uh, I mean he's kind of just been there their glue player like defensively 
they would break down without him. I mean, Wiggins stepped up last year. I mean, Wiseman, Wiseman is like, he's still a wild card because he's just been injured. And I don't know. I don't know what they would do without him. So no, but I'd be Aiden, We're talking about a glue player. And I understand Draymond's importance, but also nowadays he's not what he was in 2016. He literally, he's literally just a glue player now. And so we're talking about that no, I, versus, I know. versus Jordan Poole, like a, a future. And I'm not even being like a Jordan Poole fan. I've never liked him like that much, but like, I think he's probably an all-star in, in the right situation. And so, and also a very young player too. I'd be shocked, but hey. I mean, I just think, I don't want to look too far into this situation because I, I really don't think it's that big of a deal right now because there are a lot of players who played in like the 90s and early 2000s coming out on Twitter and like other social media and be like, if they had camera footage of our locker rooms, we would have all been like locked up and everything like that. So I'm not trying to read into it too much, but I do want to say like no one – none of the players like went over to pool or Draymond like during the fight. Like that was a little weird to me because I don't want to be like, Oh yeah, this is the draft day. Like Bo Callahan, no one showed up to his birthday party, <laughs> but at the same time, but at the same time, you're like, no one's defending Jordan pool while he's getting his ass handed to him. And like, no one stopped Draymond to go like, break it up like as he was walking over there so I think that's a little skeptical of me I mean I don't know maybe I'm not crazy no, I, I completely agree with you on that's, that. that's yeah I mean that's just something I observed um but yeah I mean Jordan Poole is a great player he'll be great wherever he goes I just think the Warriors like Raymond Green prioritizes winning more than anything and I think that's something that the Warriors value just because they they have Steph, they have Wiggins, they have Clay, they have the firepower. I mean, Jordan Poole, like he's really good, but he's kind of just the cherry on top, and you're just adding more icing on the cake. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I also noticed that, and I was gonna say that too. None of the coaches also really moved. I think there was one that ran in, but there like there were two side by side with the situation. They didn't, they just were literally watching it. They didn't move. And I was like, what is going on? And then you see Jonathan Kuminga. Dude was just standing there. He didn't do anything. Right. His face just or not his face, but his body language, you could just tell. He's like, I'm never gonna say another word at practice again. <laughs> like you could just see it. Yeah, it was a weird situation. I guess the biggest comment I was going to make about this, how in the world did the video get out? And I know it was announced that the Warriors are looking for legal action, apparently. Like, this is very serious um, on how this happened. But because it just – it looked awful, dude. PR-wise, this looked awful. And, like, there were the reports of the punch, which everybody knew about. But as a team, they want to hold on to that. They don't want to have anybody seeing the video. And, by the way, that punch – looked way worse than anybody could have thought it was because Jordan literally crumpled to the ground. And like I said, you know, everybody was just standing and watching. So it was weird situation. I don't know. Vinay, do you have anything left to add? Yeah, no, I also think like the players, like responses on their interviews, like for example, Steph, when he was asked about it, he didn't like 
his his hands. I mean, you're gonna obviously be very PC with the media, but body language, like you said, you could like Steph was also kind of the way, like you know, it's just like it is what it is, kind of like no one was just like, you know, a few dream. Like the only player that was kind of like against Draymond, you could kind of tell was I think Kevon. Like I watched their their interviews, like Kevon Looney was kind of a little bit sus of Draymond, but like a lot of players, they were just like it is what it like. They, it wasn't like it wasn't like oh, you know, Draymond's a bad person or something. It seemed like. They're kind of they kind of just like they just accepted it. And like you kind of hinted at it. Perhaps Poole was acting cocky, and perhaps maybe he did have this coming from if not from Draymond, from someone, or maybe everyone else is too scared to do what Draymond did, but he did what everyone else is. I don't know. We don't know the dynamic of like what their team was, but um right. Yeah. So I guess in that case, but I, yeah, I mean you said I mean, I agree. Like, I don't think we know like the we'll never know the full story and like what the dynamic is, but it seems to me like from what everyone's saying and all of that, like that this hasn't happened, like that it's happened before. Like this isn't like something new. It's a reoccurring like thing. And I don't know whether it's like this physical or anything. Like, I don't know if it's a reoccurring thing that's that physical, but everyone's that has interviewed or talked about Draymond Green. I mean, Kevin Durant, when they, he did the sit down with Draymond said, there's only one person that took it to like the level you didn't think it would go to. And that's him. And that's Draymond. So, I mean, he just takes it to a whole nother level in terms of everything. So yeah, he was, he was totally out of line. I will say that, but yeah, there's, there's definitely something like that Jordan Poole did to piss him and everyone else off. That video, yeah, that video just should not have been leaked. That, that's all. That's yeah. That's, Neil, you you basically said that. Like the video just should not be leaked, but it is what it is now, I guess. Yeah, very tough situation for the Warriors, but hey, this team somehow figures it out every year, so they'll probably be fine in the end. But yeah, that will do it for this episode of the Three Rings Podcast. We will be back next week with a season preview and predictions episode. That'll be a very big episode where we'll be going over, you know, what we think is going to happen this season, a record prediction, maybe some stat lines and so on. So make sure to stay tuned for that one. And we want to thank you all for listening all the way through this point. Like usual, check us out on social media, on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, maybe not really TikTok to be honest, but, (laughs) but check us out on Twitter and Instagram for sure. And so, yeah, any last thoughts, guys? Anything to say? Shout out to Anthony Davis. He was playing 2K, and then he got injured while playing. Like, his 2K character got injured while playing 2K. It was just, that was so funny. Had to get a shout out to you that. You cannot make that up. You can't make that up. <laughs> like and yeah. subscribe. Of course, like and subscribe, and we'll see you guys next time on the Three Rings Podcast.